Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 147 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Kelly Hogaboom to discuss the effects of 1957's The Incredible Shrinking Man. Why are we talking? I have a deal for you. I'm really sorry Kelly, I didn't realise until I think today that by asking you to take on this uh, topic, I, I, I wasn't aware that you're actually scared of spiders. Oh, very much so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, as you know, I like watching things that scare me. So, um, yeah, <laughs> there's a big old right. spider in this film, isn't there? Yes, and, and we'll talk about it nearer... Um, his appearance this is not how the spider is supposed to look and I'm, I'm pretty sure in California they don't have wild tarantulas just roaming around everywhere do they I think in some parts of California they do um do they yeah I don't think they're super common but I think um I don't, I don't know actually I know that in our southern states we do have tarantulas um but I never I lived in southern California and I never saw a tarantula so who knows See, I don't know. All I know about, you know, exotic spiders um, is from films, you know. Right. I mean, here in England, the biggest spider you get and you push to find one is, is as big as your thumb, oh, all right? Geez. Yeah. And they can't hurt you at all. It's not like Australia where, you know, <laughs> yes. pretty much every bit of wildlife can kill you, you know. There's nothing in England that can actually kill you. So, uh, so you know, it all adds to part of the exoticness of, you know, when you watch... Uh, American films or whatever, you know? Yeah, and we, in the Pacific Northwest where I live, we do have very large spiders, not tarantulas, but hobo spiders and wolf spiders, and they, they'll bite you if you try to grab them, but they won't attack you. But they are quite alarmingly large, and I sometimes post pictures in my Instagram, and people uh, always respond to those photos because they're pretty intense. So when you say they bite you, if they bite you, does it hurt? Is it like, you know, a bird peck or is it worse than that? Is it like I, a wasp sting? Or? I think it's like a wasp. St Again, it's pretty rare. Like it, it's almost always because someone's trying to catch it or kill it and it will bite. And um, I have read that they are medically significant bites. So they are nasty bites. <laughs> medically significant. Exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's serious, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Blimey, blimey. Yeah. All right. Okay, so yeah, today, Incredible Shrinking Man, um, you're a big B-movie fan, um, but I know from, you know, past, um, you know, episodes with you, you, you didn't grow up with TV. Right. So, so what's your history with um, Scott, the Incredible Shrinking Man? I had, I had seen the movie when I was very little, and the only thing I remembered was the spider scene, and it scared me. So I think I was very little, I mean like six or seven, because I don't remember almost anything else except for that. And um, so I hadn't watched it since, so you know, it had been 35 years or something. So that's, that's my history. Blimey. I mean, yeah, I mean, in all publicity, if you ever, you know, 
flick through a, a, a you know a, a B movie film book, there's either a, a still of him being menaced by the tarantula or he's menaced by the cat. Yes. Um, you don't tend to see much else, do you? That was the selling points, really. Yeah, and I I went to look for a gif, and it was all the cat scene. There was not a lot of spider gif out there, and it kind of gives the impression that the film is more of an adventure. And it ends up being a bit more philosophical than I expected. It was quite a surprise, actually. I, I, I love the ending of this film. I, um, we'll talk a bit more about that in behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, I, it, it raises it far higher than your regular, you know, 50s B-movie film, doesn't it? Yeah, especially because, like, my background is, like, the Colossal Man and the War of the Colossal Beast and the 50-Foot Woman. And uh, so I kind of went into this film... Again, not remembering anything, um, expecting less, you know, less of a philosophical film and less of a psychological drama. And you don't expect it, especially from the title of the film, you know, The Incredible Shrinking Man. That's a bit naff, isn't it? It, right. it is fair, f fair ground attraction. And I, I'm pretty sure this is a nod to a scene in the film where he, you, you know, the carnival's in town right. and you used to have, it, it's politically incorrect to say now but they ha would have a freak show wouldn't they right so 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 to actually have the film titled you know the incredible shrinking man i don't think it does the film any justice but i was thinking about it today while i was cooking the dinner if you didn't call it the incredible shrinking man and try and title the film to match you know the intelligence of the film well what the heck are you going to call it to actually get the people into the theaters you know yeah, no, I to I'm totally with you on that, and um, and I do know that the source novel was a bit more adult, and it had a lot, a little more adult and risque content that, of course, they wouldn't have um, shared in a 19 what is it 1957 film. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we uh, get to behind the scenes as well. Um, so we'll, let's go through it, and, and and we'll mention the special effects as we go. Okay. All right, and um, you know this whole film it's told in flashback. Um, um, the guy at the beginning says, I, Robert Scott Carey. Um, and we see him and his, you know, his wife Louise sunbathing on the deck of their boat. Um, and that's not convincing in the slightest. It's obvious they're in front of a cinema screen. You don't right. believe for one second that they're on, actually on the sea. But the problem I have with this film, I mean, it's an entertaining enough film and I do like it. But what I don't like is Scott himself. I, I just find him a very unpleasant character. He is. And like, I watched this with my oldest son and, you know, my oldest son loves to watch science fiction and horror with me. And he, Scott, the, the hero, is a jerk. I mean, not a ho horrible, but he's just kind of a, a jerk to his wife from the beginning. And it, was, it, it kind of put the film off for me a bit because he doesn't get better. He gets a little worse. Um, yeah. Mm. I mean, later on, he does. there is a line about, as I shrink, I become more unpleasant to my wife. But yeah. right at the get-go, before this cloud has even arrived... He's just not a very nice person, and, no. and, and that's a failure of a film. You're supposed to like the hero. I mean, last week we did Inner Space, old Dennis Quaid yeah, as yeah. Tuck Pendleton, you know, and you like him, yes. and you care for him, but this, <laughs> this guy, I really don't like him at all, and I feel so sorry for his wife. 
Yeah, uh, that was a surprise to me. Just that it's like they didn't establish him enough as a as a likable person. And I just think I think just like you say, if they would have done a little differently, this it would have really uh, benefited the film. But our analysis shows that it's a rearrangement of the molecular structure of the cells in your body. You mean like a a cancer? No. No more like an anti-cancer, causing a diminution of all the organs proportionately. Then you know what's causing me to get smaller. We think we do, Mr. Carey. That's why I asked you here. Now, I want you to tell me something. Have you ever been accidentally exposed to any kind of germ spray? In particular, an insecticide, a great deal of insecticide. Insecticide. Exactly. Has there ever been a time when you were so exposed? Do you remember that day I came home and told you about the truck? Yes, about two months ago. I was on my way to the store through a back alley. As I was walking, a truck turned in. It was spraying trees. Do you think that's what's causing me to... No, that was only the beginning. You see, something happened to that insecticide after it was in your system. Something fantastic and unprecedented. Something which in layman's terms so affected the insecticide that from a mildly virulent germ spray, it created deadly chemical reversal of the growth process. Have you been exposed to any type of radioactivity in the past six months? Oh, no, of course not. I don't come in contact with anything like that. I work in a... Scott, wait a minute. That day we were on the boat. The boat? Uh, Charlie's boat, remember? Well, yes, I remember. The mist. That mist. Yeah, so, you know, they're on the boat and... Um... He tells her to go get him a beer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she goes down into the um, hold or whatever. I don't know my boat terminology. And then he gets hit by a cloud, right? That's, a cloud. Yeah. And I timed it. It, it, it is three minutes into uh-huh. the film they that that right cloud hits him. You know? yeah, <laughs> they, they don't right hang there. around. Because of, this is drive-in cinema, isn't it? You don't hang around. You've got yeah. to get straight in there. Usually this is part of a double bill. So you want your film to come in less than an hour and a half, don't you? Right, right. Uh, um, so, yeah, this cloud comes in, this mist. He calls it a mist. And it comes in and it dumps all this glitter all over him. Right. Um, and, and then we fast forward six months later. I don't know why it waits six months before... Um, uh, starting to shrink him, but he starts noticing that his clothes are too big for him. I was laughing at that scene because I told my husband, I said, if if you were suddenly two inches shorter, I would notice because <laughs> she he shrinks from six one, and I think the actor actually was six one. Um, he says I'm five. He he's five eleven all of a sudden, and I, and she doesn't notice nobody i'm like i would notice that's a lot of height right but yes it they, is it is a tad isn't it yeah but they show it as they they're pretty clever with the clothes i think in this film because they the clothes are just all a little bit too big right and mm. that i thought that was a cute way to portray that yeah yeah so he goes and gets checked out by his doctor you know a very, very young-looking William Shallart, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, who was in tons of stuff and, and appeared in Inner Space. He's mm-hmm. um, Martin Short's uh, psychiatrist, right. isn't he, right. in, uh, in Inner Space, because of this very reason, you know. Right, the reference. Um, yeah, and, and he tells him he's not only losing weight, he, he's losing height as well. Yeah. I actually mm. liked that scene too because the 
the Scott says, I know I'm six foot one. And the doctor's like, well, how many times have you had a physical? Like, In and your I, life. Yeah, yeah, the doctor doesn't believe him. But of course, you know, you wouldn't believe someone if they said that. So I don't know. I, th I thought that was pretty well done that up, up to this point. I, I liked the way they were portraying it. Yep. And and also at this point we've got a couple of scenes of a cat and yes. you, you know in these films you know you only see something if it's going to be important later. Yeah. So if you have a couple of scenes with of Butch the cat, you know Butch the cat is going to be important later on. Yes, and there's a scene where she's sewing downstairs in a really weird basement that's got like a dirt. It's listen. I have a much nicer sewing space than this woman, but um. So you know, of course, that means that that's going to be relevant too, right? So yes, you've got the foreshadowing of Butch the cat, who I believe was played by a cat actor named Orangey. I think, if I remember. I my think I'm, I'm just looking in my my uh, behind the scenes. I think there's something like they tried like yeah, forty cats. <laughs> To actually get him to do the doll's house bit that we'll right, be talking about right. shortly. Yes, yeah. Um, so the, the the doctor confirms that, yes, indeed, you are shrinking. Um, and they send send him off to this, like, Los Angeles Research Center uh, to be tested and probed. And they, you know, pour lots of liquids in him and stuff like that. And uh, they eventually find out that his cells are indeed being rearranged. And yeah. have you had any exposure to incest in insecticide? So we find out there that he, he's gone through this radioactive mist six months ago. Right. But two months ago, he was sprayed by an insecticide van. And that seems to have activated yes. the radiation that's in his body. Right. Right. It was mm. a double, double event, which is, a, I think we've seen that in science fiction films before, because they have to explain why it happens to one guy, right? Why it hasn't happened to several people. So yeah, two events that kind of made it happen. Yes. I, I, I love all this. I love this about films of this time. I mean, people know the threat of radiation, but not exactly how radiation works. And you can have something like this, that you're radioactive and it's inert in your body until something else activates it. It's not quite how radiation works, is it? Uh, yeah, right. But I have to say, I, Phoenix, my son and I laughed because it reminds us of the Invisible Man's line where he says, a few chemicals mixed together, that's all. Like, we don't <laughs> care. We don't care how it happened. Like, we just want to get to the shrink effects, right? So. Well, exactly. I mean, the audience back in 57, they're waiting. They've gone to see a film called The Incredible Shrinking Man. <laughs> right. They want to see him shrink. And and the next scene is when we get it because the next scene, you know, Scott's boss has come to see, to, uh, see him and he... He's talking to a chair. We just see the back of a chair. And um, and he says that word's getting out about Scott. And that's when the camera cuts round to his point of view. And there he is. Scott yep. is the size of a child. This is the very first of the props that have been built, you know, to sell the fact that he is shrinking. He's about, I don't know, the size of a five, six-year-old yeah. sat in that chair. Yeah. And I think that's his brother. I think he works with his brother. Um, that's right. It's Charlie or something. Yeah, I think. So yeah he's Charlie. sort of his yeah. co-worker or their partnership. I'm not sure. Um, and, of course, the chair is well done. Like, the the props for this film are great. There's a few that aren't, mm. but mostly they're really great. And that chair looks great. And, it, yeah, like yeah. it's the first scene, the first special effect kind of. Yeah, and, um, you know, they sell it very well. You know, you have the dramatic music where you see mm -hmm. him and he is now the size of a child. I'm presuming Scott is now wearing child's clothing, although it looks all very grown up 
for a child. Yeah, the cl- as a tailor, of course, the clothes issue comes up because, like, at a certain point, he's about the size of a Barbie doll, but the stitching on his jeans looks like. I, I'm just saying, it's like okay, those clothes would look clumsier <laughs> at that scale. But yes, in this scene, it looks good. I, of course, I don't know. Did you have a little bit of a laugh at that, or like, was it, am I just a jerk? Because I was like, yeah, no, no, no. From, from now on in, it's like if I go to the supermarket and and want to buy clothes for a five year old, you don't have. You, you know, miniaturized versions of adult clothes. Right, you have right. you, you have child's clothes, don't right, you? Right. He should be wearing things with dinosaurs on them and stuff like that, <laughs> right. shouldn't he? You know. And he's got an attitude now at this point. Like he's all he's kind of pissy at, from from here oh, on out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's starting to boil over. He's very angry, isn't he? Because yes. he's got no job. Um, and you know, you, you know, his brother says you've got to do the publicity thing. Right, right. Um, we don't ever see that. We never see him on a chat show. We never see right. him on a on a radio show. Um, but almost immediately, you, you know, you've got a crowd of onlookers outside and reporters and that, haven't you? Yes. Um, um, and the next time we see him, uh, it's a fantastic use of the oversized props. You know, they've made these oversized props of the living room. Yeah. Um, and, and what sells it as well is not only Scott, you know, small in these oversized props, but they've made his voice tinny as yeah. well, haven't they? Yeah. You know? I, I did read a, ba- a bit about the physics, and, and apparently his voice would have been much more shrill, and he would have been a different weight at his height. Uh, you know, the, the physics breaks down, apparently, if you're looking at it from a scientific perspective. But we aren't looking at it from that perspective. No, nobody was then, and really, you shouldn't be doing it now. But <laughs> yeah. I'm, I've, I've got something here about, um, you know, the physics, is that as he shrank, he should have felt colder and colder. Oh, um, yeah. be, because it says his body becomes too small to retain heat, yeah. and most small mammals compensate for this by having fur yes. and excess body fat. So he should have got furrier and fatter yeah. to actually keep the heat in. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, but you don't think about that. You don't think of that in 57, and we certainly don't think about it now. We're only <laughs> right. thinking about it because we're talking about it on a podcast, right. aren't we? Right. Yeah. But he he, he um, shrinks slightly more, and I do like the way they they increasingly up the scale of the props yeah. of the living room. Um, there are different stages. It's not like, right, we've got to make one armchair. We've got to make one table. You know, they've made progressively larger ones to make him look smaller. Yeah, that like I said, the I was my expectations were much lower, and the props were solid. And like you say, I, I feel like the scale consistency wasn't perfect, um, especially with some of the, I guess, rear projected shots and all that. Mm. But the props were a standout of, of the film for sure. Yeah, like the absolutely. pencil and the scissors. I mean, there's some really good props in this movie. Yeah. Well, at this stage in the film, he is 36 and a half inches tall. Um, and the doctors have found an antitoxin. I always forget this bit, that they actually find a way of stopping it. Uh, at least temporarily, it, it's halted the shrinking. Uh, they don't know if he'll grow again, but it's certainly halted it. Yes, and um, he, he's upset. You, well, he's upset now because he. I, the movie implies in a very fifties way that he, you know, his sex life is over, and he's upset about that, right? So he kind of storms out of the house, and um, you know, what does he go to? Like a that's when the circus happens, right? That's, yep. Yeah, he storms out. 
that there's a lot of composite shots to show him, you know, walking down the street and that. Nobody seems to, they look at him, but nobody really seems to talk to him. He, right. Apparently he's the talk of the town, but they sort of like just look at him and keep going. And yeah, that's when he comes across the carnival. Um, and then he goes off to a cafe and that's when he meets the, uh, the lady from the carnival in the cafe. Yeah, that was the weirdest scene of the film. Because... <laughs> She's supposed to be a little person, right? Mm -hmm. And what they did is they just took a uh, regular height actress and shrank her. It was that was weird. Like that was weirdly done. What's weird is, yeah, they she's regular size, he's regular size. They're in an over, you know, oversized booth in this cafe. But her boss, who comes along to, uh, you, you know, say, you know just check in on her he's not a regular sized person he is a small person and he was in the wizard of oz right um and but he's there with rear projection they're actually reacting to a cinema screen yes. with footage of a small person who is now their size yep it was odd it's like i'm sure that there are uh little people actresses that would have done that role i don't know it was just odd yeah it is very odd. The other thing, I'm sitting there watching her, and it's like, okay, you're meant to be a little person, but her watch is totally in proportion uh, I didn't to herself. That, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, okay, all right, okay. Um, so, yeah, Scott starts up a relationship right. um, with this woman. Now, um, there was... I'm looking forward to uh, behind the scenes. Um, yeah, Universal Cut... That decided to cut a sequence. I don't know if they filmed it or not, but he did spend a night right. with her, right. um, making him even more unpleasant. I was going to say he's even more unsympathetic, right? Because his yep. wife, his wife's life is turned upside down, and she's been supportive and all of that stuff, right? But yes, he's going to have yep. an affair with this with this little gal, yeah. Yeah, and I presume he doesn't tell his wife that he's going off to meet her. Yeah. She's, you know, just still at home. And uh, after two weeks of, of seeing this, uh, Clarice, he realizes that he's shorter than her because right. he shrunk a bit more. And right. then he runs off in a huff. Um, and the next shot we've got of him is in the doll's house. Right. Um, and um, yeah, he, he's even grumpier than ever. Um, yes. he, he's grumpy by the noise of his wife coming downstairs. He's grumpy by the shaking of the doll's house. Yes. Mm. And, and we've let go of the Clarice character. Like, that's over. That, that you know, mm-hmm. that served its per- plot purpose, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. He's not a very sympathetic guy, is he, no. this Scott? Yeah. All right. So, he demands to know off of Louise, where are you going? And, um, you know, are you going to make sure that all the doors are locked? Because he knows, you know, at his size, you know, he is... Uh, He's in danger, right, isn't he? Right. And as she's getting ready to go, uh, the wind blows the door open a bit, and in comes Bruce the cat. <laughs> right. Yes. Chekhov's cat. <laughs> yes, yes, Chekhov's cat. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, there we are. We have the cat stalking him. He's asleep in his doll's house, um, and uh, the cat is sniffing outside the door. Um, and he opens the door, and there it is, snarling at him mm-hmm. and growling. This is something that you'll see later in Star Trek. You know, ten years later in Star Trek, you'll see this. 
you know, um, Land of the Giants will use this as well. Um, I'm sure our cat, you know, if he's cornered a mouse or something like that, he doesn't growl and hiss. That's true. You're right. You're at right. the mouse, you know. <laughs> they want to catch the mouse. They're going to be quiet, aren't right. they? Right. You're right. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. I, I feel like films don't like cats. They always portray cats in this nasty way. Because I'm a big cat person. Like, I'm a cat. Yeah, so I am I. Yeah. cats, yeah. But yes, the cat is... That scene was a long scene. That I thought it was going to be the cat startles him and, and that's it. But it goes on. It does go on for quite a bit. I, I was thinking while I was watching it, it's like, doesn't he recognize him? You know, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't he recognize the voice? That's his master, isn't it? Uh, I, but okay, listen, I truly believe my cats would, would catch and kill me if I was that size. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, really and, and if they were hungry, yes. Yeah, yeah I suppose so. Yeah. Um, so Scott pulls this uh, table lamp down onto the cat, um, which now you look at it and it goes like, oh, you've really hurt a cat to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and more compositing as he flees. Um, sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not. Um, and he's accidentally knocked down into the cellar because he's trying to hold the cellar door shut. And then Louise comes home and the wind blows the doors o right. door open and he falls down quite a way into this basket the laundry basket in the cellar doesn't he right right yeah and louise finds this bloody piece of his clothing um sees the cat meow in a way and she you know puts two and two together and and, and fears the worst yeah um and that's when we find out the whole world is mourning his death and yes this is a b movie <clears throat> so you you would expect in in a later film, if if this film was made now, he would be on the chat show circuit, wouldn't he? He would right. be going round, round round everywhere. But apparently, the world is told of his death, and they're all in mourning for him. Um, but Scott comes to, but now he's the, about the size of a cork. He finds a wine bottle cork, and um, you know it's pretty much the same size as him. Um, it's nearly all compositing now because you know. He's so small now to build sets to actually match the scale he's supposed to be. They would have been just too big, wouldn't mm -hmm. they? Yeah. Um, not only too big and expensive to build, but the camera wouldn't be able to pull back far enough for you to be able to see all of this. Mm -hmm. So it's composite shots uh, from near on in. Um, and this is when Charlie, Scott's brother, says they've searched everywhere in the house for him. <laughs> yeah. but, but they haven't searched the cellar. No. And, you know, the film's pacing, I, I, wasn't <clears throat> I wasn't tracking it very well because I really thought he was going to get back out of the cellar. I thought he was going to get rescued. Like, I really miscalculated where the film was going. Um, because, yes, at the, what, would you say this is like the last, I don't know, 25 minutes of the film? Is yeah, him down something there? like yeah. that, yeah. <clears throat> and that's it. That's He's never, you know, um, that was very odd. But And they have a couple props, right? Like, they have her thread and pin cushion. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a, and the scissors, I loved the scissors. They were really well done. Um, but yeah, he's, I think, so yeah, Charlie says, you should move, you're too sad, we need to leave the house, right? That's mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and he says in this flashback, because it's still being told in flashback, isn't it? You know, right. that he he's shrinking faster um, as a result of being hungry. Yeah, right. Um, and... I thought of you in the next bit because he realizes he <clears throat> shrunk more. So he starts ripping at his clothes yeah. Yeah. because his clothes are too big. But right. the next time we see him, 
he's wearing this perfectly, you, 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 you know, sewn together outfit. Yeah. That but it, that's meant to be the ripped up remnants of what he was wearing. Yeah, they show him this. That was a funny scene because his clothes are slightly baggy. And he's like, I, for my exertions, I need, you know, better clothes. And he takes a nail, a giant nail to like start tearing at his pants. Yeah. And the next scene, he's wearing like a jerkin and it's made out of a different fabric. And I, it was yep. very funny. I was like, I, I did catch that. <laughs> All right, and and next we've got the mouse trap scene. He, yeah. he he's very hungry, and there's a bit of cheese in the mouse trap, and we have this protracted scene where he's trying to get the uh, the cheese off of it by activating it with his nail. Um, but it's a bit cruel because he does do it, but it falls off and down the drain. Yeah, doesn't it? yeah. yeah. After all that work. Yeah, but he spots more cheese up on the ledge. <clears throat> um, and doesn't cake. notice there's a cobweb just behind it. Yeah, I think I think he see, sees the spider too. As that at that point, that's when he sees the spider. Yeah. And, and then we've got this great music to emphasise: this is scary. This is a giant yeah. spider, you know. Um, and as you say, he arms himself with a pin from a pin cushion, mm-hmm. um, and then uses the pin and some thread to climb up to the cheese. Um, I don't know what they made that out, out of, that big lump of cheese. It looks like polystyrene or something like that to me. I think uh, it was like cake or something, because I think earlier in the movie they showed the wife setting down like crumbs of like bread or cake. I don't, oh, right. but I don't remember, but it doesn't look very appetizing, that's for sure. <laughs> no, what, whatever that's made out of, he can, he can actually eat it because he does take a bite out of right. it. <laughs> um, and that's when the spider comes back with a very creature from the Black Lagoon, you know, mm. raucous mm-hmm. fanfare, trumpet fanfare thing. So he goes off and hides in his matchbox. Well, yeah, um, another great prop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he had already noticed when he, when he goes down into the cellar, there is a bit of a water leak from the uh, boiler isn't there right um and um the water leak gets worse as his little house in the matchbox gets bombarded um by droplets of water and then it becomes a flood doesn't it yeah and i think at some point i've missed i'm missing my sequencing but um one of my favorite scenes is when he makes he makes some kind of uh I think it's when he makes the harpoon to kill the spider, but he uses a match to burn, to light yes. the match. That is my yeah, favorite that, of my favorite. Yeah, that's just before that. Yeah, 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 yeah. To burn the thread. Yeah, he uses a, a match. Um, that must, I mean, health and safety back then right, was a different right. thing, wasn't it? You know? Yes, because whatever they built was a real, he really did light it on fire and he handled it. And yes, he's not wearing gloves or goggles or nope. he's wearing his nope. little jerkin. That's it. Man, oh man, oh man. You would not do that now, no. would you? Well, not without a All bunch right. of wires or whatever that they remove with CGI later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, this uh, this these water droplets become a flood, and it floods the bottom of the uh, basement, and that's when Charlie and Louise go down there, uh, but they don't notice him mm-hmm. because he's far too small now, and Charlie unblocks the drain, um, and uh, I, I I love the the way they've matched the drain. The you see Charlie <laughs> unblock the the real world drain, but they've recreated it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in miniature, yep. Um, and that's the last time we see Louise and 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 Charlie. We never see them again. They drive off. She's got all her things, 
And uh, that's the last time we ever see the two of them. Yeah, that was a bummer. I, I really, I, I really thought that the, she was going to come back for some reason and find it. I have just really miscalculated this film. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And the spider comes back, and uh, he. What I like about this is he chooses to go off and confront the spider. You know, yeah. he's not going to run from it. Um. You know, he knows he's got to. You know, confront this spider if if he's going to live down in that cellar. If he's going to survive, <clears throat> he he's got to fight the spider. So he might as well. You know, uh, start things off. And uh, so he goes off. He shakes its web. And uh, down he comes, this tarantula. Were you squirming during during any <laughs> no, of this? It's not very scary to my forty-three-year-old uh, vision, but to my seven-year-old uh, vision, it was. <laughs> so right, okay. I, I I think this whole sequence is really <clears throat> well staged. Mm -hmm. You know, there's an awful lot of compositing going on, but it's edited so fast you don't really have a chance to stop and go, oh, I don't know if that works. You know, you go along with the flow because he's got this idea, hasn't he, that he's going to hook it with the thread, which is tied to the scissors, and then that will pull the spider off the ledge. Uh, but that doesn't work. That was great. And I, I don't know if he'd be strong enough to push those scissors, but let's say he was. Uh, it's a great trap, and I really liked, you know, he, he spears the spider, he runs, the spider chases him, he shoves the scissors, and then a little flaw in the concrete steps or whatever um, uh, shears the thread, right? So the scissors fall away without having pulled the spider down. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool action yeah. sequence. Yeah. I, I do question if a spider, if it is impaled, will growl like that. <laughs> yeah, it was um, a growling spider. I'm sure spiders don't growl, but there you go. Um, so, yeah, he ends up impaling it um, and killing it, which is kind of gory yeah, for the time, you know, to have all, all, all the gore come down the uh, yes. da da down the uh, blade and over his hands. And, yeah, yeah, as I say, very, very well done. He's elated that he's won, although he, all he seems to have won is like a lump of cake right. and uh, and the cellar. Um but here we go. We're going. We're going into the uh, the end of the film, and it all becomes very philo philosophical now, doesn't yeah. it? Um, he first of all, he starts saying that he's no no longer hungry. Yeah. Um, he, he collapses and he wakes up at night, um, still shrinking. He's bathed in moonlight, and uh, he starts saying about how he's going to enter the infinitesimal. Yeah. And 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 being very very small is the same as being very very big. You know, yeah, gets all trippy. <laughs> it gets very trippy and very open-ended, and there, thereby, um, uh, lies a bit of uh, controversy and question marks about this film, right? Because yes, I mean, you you know, it ends on this very philosophical philosophical note where he basically is at one with the universe, isn't he? Yeah, you know, um, which is great. I I really like the ending of this film, um, but there were objections to it. Uh, oh. which I'll, I'll tell you about. Uh -huh. um, so, yeah, let's go into behind the scenes, all right? All right. So, uh, Richard Matheson's book. Um, this is based on Richard Matheson's book. You know Richard Matheson. Absolutely. He wrote, uh, um, you know, a ton of stuff. Um, his book was called The Shrinking Man. And, um, and if you read that, it, like the film, is told in a series of flashbacks, although it starts off in the cellar. He's already in the cellar, and everything is in flashback. But Universal said, no, 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 we've got to be linear. 
So mm-hmm. that's why we start off with him in this very, you know, unconvincing, you know, relationship with Louise, um, meeting the mist which comes in, okay? Um, yeah, and as I said earlier, they 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 vetoed certain scenes. One of them is him spending the <clears> night <throat> with Claire, the little lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently there was a scene where a drunk homosexual abuses Scott. Right. I don't know where in the film that would have happened. Um, a gang of teenagers terrorise him. I guess that's when he's going to the uh, carnival. Right. Um, and also it says he became becomes a peeping Tom. Yeah, he spies on a teenage babysitter. I'm like... Yes. <laughs> okay. Like, what? So at the very beginning of the film... I'm not that keen on him. (laughs) (laughs) And then if you put that in, it's like, okay, there is a line about, you know, as I shrink, I'm becoming more and more cold and distant Uh, and aggressive to my wife. But, oh, come on, you know? Yeah, well, um, I think that it's kind of like the Invisible Man, right? We, uh, he was a driven scientist, but but the formula makes him become homicidal and um, yeah. megalomaniacal. So, if the film wanted to say that about the shrinking process, it needed to have spelled that out better. It needed to have made Scott more likable in the first place, right? But the film, it's like the film was a little bit cheap with character development. Um, yeah. I think it's just to keep the running time down, yeah, you know, which because I it's part of a double bill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I appreciate that, but but you by doing that you jettison <clears throat> any sort of sympathy yeah. that you have yeah. for the character. Yeah, I, I like him far more. I, I like Scott Scott far more in the end when he's down in the cellar mm-hmm. and he's not interacting with anyone anymore. I prefer him more than when he is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the doll's house that they made, this giant doll's house set that was built on stage 28 at Universal. And, uh, um, that's exactly the same stage that they did, uh, Phantom of the Opera and Dracula. Oh, all right. Yeah. Exactly the same stage. Um, yeah. Jack Arnold, the director, you know, the incredible Jack Arnold, um, the, the cat scene, as I say, they, that they tried 40 cats um to attack the doll's house okay and the way they got him to attack the doll's house was they hid food in it so the cat would try and get in i guess they starved the cat oh yeah <laughs> beforehand yeah. and and then yeah you could sniff the food out yeah and once they had that footage of the cat trying to get into the, the doll's house they could then go to, you know, uh, Grant Williams, who played Scott, and said, look, this is what you've got to do. So it will match the footage that they had of, you know, the cat's arm coming around the door or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, initially, they wanted to use a Black Widow spider. Right. Um, <clears throat> and in a lot of publicity photos, you see Grant Williams with a Black Widow spider. Uh, in actual fact, there's more photos of him with a black widow than there is with the tarantula that we see in the film um but they i i I guess they were photographed at the time but they decided not to use it 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 was too small and not threatening enough you know so that's why they went for a tarantula instead you know that as far as special effects that was the worst aspect of the spider because the whole film spider sequence i was like is this supposed to be a tarantula or is it supposed to be a regular spider you know that he's and that took me out of the the fear of it and i i think they just didn't have the budget to make a convincing 
regular spider is, is no. what we're at. Yeah. Which is a shame because that this is the you know it's the third act. It's the main monster, isn't it? You know the spider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the problem they had is the problem they had on Raiders of the, of the Lost Ark and any film where you have large spiders, you have such you know huge hot lamps on the set they go to sleep yeah okay, okay. <laughs> so, so, so they had that problem again um and but what they did with the tarantula that you see in this film is exactly that what they did with jack arnold's tarantula film is you direct the tarantula by uh puffs of air okay so if you want it to go left you <clears throat> you, you you puff a bit of air to its right and it will make it turn okay um <laughs> And apparently there's a rumour out that the tarantula that you see in The Incredible Shrinking Man is the same tarantula that they used in Tarantula, but no, that's not true. Mm, I imagine they don't have very long lifespans. Uh, and not under those lights either. Yeah. No, no. Um, for To simulate the giant drops of water landing towards the end when the boiler's going wrong, um, they use condoms filled right. with water, you know. <laughs> And uh, that was Jack Arnold's suggestion because when he was a little boy, they had found um, in his father's bedside drawer condoms and then filled them up and made them into water bombs. So, you know, I think we've got Jack Arnold's father to, to, <laughs> to thank for that one. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the film's ending then, all right? Um, Richard Matheson wanted it to end the way we wanted it to end, okay? So did Jack Arnold. But Universal wanted it to have a happy ending, all right? Um, and to decide on which ending they were going to use, they showed both. So I guess an, another version was filmed where he came back to full size. Okay, which I would have appreciated that. As much as I liked the philosophical... I like that it is unusual for a film like this. I just feel like the film was so much a standard B-movie and for it to veer in that direction and for the marriage to end on such a sad note mm. and no, nobody knows what happened to what really happened to him, way too much of a downer for me. I would have liked to have seen him rescued, even though that is a very pedestrian ending and a very typical ending. Yeah, but Jack Arnold had his way and apparently the... the the uh, the final speech from Scott was written by Jack Arnold, where mm. he says that he's going to become one with the universe and everything. Um, that was written by Jack Arnold himself. Mm. Um, the trailer for the film was narrated by Orson Welles. Right. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he was working on Touch of Evil <clears throat> at Universal at the time. Um, several of the uh, props, you, you know, the scissors, you know, that you like so much and the mousetrap, etc. They were part of the Universal Studio Tour for quite a number of years and a lot of them were rented out to 20th Century Fox for Land of the Giants. Right. <clears throat> you know, one thing we haven't... I, the sound design was really great for the props. The water splashing mm. and the scissors, the, the sound design for the scissors gave them weight. You know, they must have been an incredibly lightweight prop because he lifts them up and, you know. But the 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 sound design was pretty solid in this film, I thought, for the, for the um, you know, to, to establish that sense of, of size difference. Yeah, it certainly sells it, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. and, and, and the music is very good as well. You yeah. know, it's suitably dramatic when you want it to be, you know. 
And uh, no, yeah, you know, it's an ab- ab- an above average um, B movie, for sure. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so with <clears throat> everything that we've said, um, with the effects and everything, what would you um, care to give it out of ten uh, for effects, Kelly? I guess a seven, just because I felt like most of the composite shots are pretty weak, and the props are great. It's very hard to give a rating because the the physical props are pretty good, but those rear projected or, or, you know, I don't know my terminology. They're, they're just, they, they definitely take me out of the film lots of times in the film. Mm-hmm. Well, I've given exactly the same. I've given it a seven for, for exactly the same time. Uh, the, 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 the same reasons, you know, the props are great. Everything's great. The compositing is a bit dodgy. Um, here and there, but uh, no, 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 it's a solid film, I think. Uh, yeah, I think a 7 out of 10 is fair. <clears throat> and, you know, it really was better than I thought it would be. I really was expecting something sort of Roger Corman-esque, and I think it's a step ab- above um, in terms of... Uh, the, the. It was very ambitious special effects, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, and it's a classic Jack Arnold, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I, I think it's worthy of... Uh, it can sit there alongside all his other, you know, uh, bodies of work. So yeah, no, 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 that's good. So you're doing a shrink. Are you doing a shrink? Are you allowed to tell us like you're doing like a shrinking theme? Because I, I hear you yeah. just did inner space. Yeah, you're you are uh, week three. All right, okay. we've already already done um, Fantastic Voyage from uh-huh. the '60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the '80s, we've done Inner Space. We're back to uh, the '50s for this one. And next week, we're Land of the Giants. Nice. So it's going to be interesting. When we do Land of the Giants next week, will there be a giant pair of scissors or a mouse trap? Because You'll if be there is, it, yeah. it's come from this thing, hasn't nice. it? You know, 10 years before. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, it was a super fun movie, and I, I probably wouldn't have revisited it um, anytime soon. So I totally appreciate that you assigned it to me. Well, you know, you are B-movie to me gotcha. Kelly if, if, I, if I want to talk B movies you're the uh, number one alright so yeah that's why you're here okay awesome alright well I look forward to listening to Inner Space because that I love that film and I haven't seen that film probably in about 20 years so I'll definitely have to rewatch it it's funny you should, you should say that because that was pretty much my stance on it as well so yeah mm-hmm. have a listen alright absolutely cool alright right. thanks Eric cheers then Kelly right mm-hmm. bye 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 that's all, folks.